shit, where am I? You have no compass. You have no cell phone. You have nobody near and you have no effing clue how to get out. There's no civilization because there's not people walking like a normal trail because who wants to walk into a forest filled with dead bodies? Tonight, we are doing kind of a different one. I'm starting this March 13, 2004. And let's go to the Google Earth here. I'm pulling it up. Meow. Just give me a second. All right. Tonight, we are going to Sayako Lake. So here we go. Woo! Wow. All right. Your sister's probably been here. Where is this? Where, where do you think this is by looking at? Oh, wait, you can't see it, can you? No. Oh, shit, sorry. I can't read anything on there. All right, Sayako Lake is one of the Fuji 5 lakes. This is a beautiful, beautiful lake here. Oh, my God, look at all this luscious green. I just want to cut down all these fucking trees. Wow. I just want to cut them the fuck down, you know? No. Cut them down. No. Lake Sayako. It's a really serene lake. Are we in Washington? Look, and they have watermarks in them too. No, no. Sayako is in Japan. Oh. Yeah. It's in the town of Fujikawa Juki. <laughs> that sounds stupid. <laughs> Uh, I sound like, Why? Because it's not English? I sound like such a redneck. <laughs> it's in the town of Fujijaka Kuki and uh and West and Southern Also known as the Katahuchi of Japan. In southern Yamahashi uh, prefecture. It is one of the five Fuji lakes. Fuji. I was drinking a Fuji today. Fuji. The water, the Fuji water. Fiji. Oh, Fiji. Is it Fiji? <laughs> it's Fiji. <laughs> it's Fiji. Uh, I'm glad uh, this is unlisted. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Uh, uh, so anyway, has anyone ever been here? I know we got a Japanese listener, mm-hmm. but this is a beautiful little space here. Very mountainous. Hmm. And it's close to this Mount Fujal. Oh, Mount Fuji. Yeah, Mount Fuji. Okay. What you thought is Mount Fiji? I don't know if there's a mountain in Fiji. Yeah. All right. Tonight we're going to March 13th, 2004. A family of three, they pull in their minivan into the parking lot. Around this area, there's a there's lots of trails. It's picturesque. Mount Fuji. I could just picture it without even showing a picture. It's the one with the ice cap on the top. Mm-hmm. And is supposedly the mo- one of the most beautiful places in the world. Definitely the most beautiful places in Japan. So a lot of people go there. So March 13th, 2004 was no different for this family. They went and they pulled into the parking center. It's a family of three. The father, 56, was recently unemployed. Daughter, 30-year-old, was with them. A mother of 54 was also with them. And they just wanted to see the beautiful, serene lake and the surrounding forest. They all walk in there into the forest and the mother has a shoulder bag, you know, her purse. Mm -hmm. The daughter's walking in front and all of a sudden the father rips the shoulder bag from the mother, rips it right off her shoulder. He breaks the latch on it, the purse latch. And then the daughter, who just turns around, doesn't even get to see really what's going to happen. He wraps that leather strap around her neck and starts choking her to death. The mother's not going to save her. The mother's there to help kill the daughter as well. So she is also putting pressure on that strap, trying to make sure the daughter goes out quickly. Shit, that got super real. Real fast. So, 
So the father, now that the daughter's dead, and they are off the main trail a little bit, mm-hmm. off the main trail in this forest, and they place her body ceremonially, you know, kind of where it can absorb back into nature. And at that point, the father finds the nearest tree that seems to be pretty sturdy. And in the mother's bag was another rope, a nylon rope. He throws it around the tree a few times and he ties a noose, a loop or his own head, and then he hangs himself. So this is one of the many photos of Oh. So pretty pretty bad, right? So the person is on m- more like on the ground. So it's not like they were dangling as harsh of a word as that kind of sounds in the context. The mother tries to tie her own noose, but the trees in this forest, as you'll see, are very weak. So she ties this noose and the tree limb collapses. The limb collapses on top of the mother. She's injured, but she's not dead. And then she decides this isn't going to work. She can't even untie the noose off the tree limb. She goes back to the car. She takes a garden hose, puts it in the exhaust pipe of her van's exhaust, and she puts that in the window. And she tries to kill herself that way. Now, by the time the police get there, she's actually not even dead. So this lady survives. She attempted to siphon the exhaust into her van, and she survives. That same year, a 40-year-old government employee walked his three-year-old daughter into that same forest, and neither came out. In both stories, they walked past this sign right here, and this is what that sign says. Can you read what the sign says? Your life is a precious gift from your parents. Please think about your parents, siblings, and children. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk about your troubles. So this is the suicide forest. Yes, but we're, we can't actually say that word. Oh, sorry. On YouTube. Fuck. We can say that, though. <laughs> Fuck. But apparently not the other one. So sorry, we're already probably banned. No, no, it's, I don't think, I don't know yeah, if they can know or how they know. How, like, ah, it's a name. We're talking about the Aokigahara Forest, which is known as the Suicide Forest or the Forest of Death. A lot of people know this story and they know about the forest, but I wanted to kind of dive deeper into it and learn about the history. I want to know why people go there to do it because there are hundreds of people per year walk into this forest and never walk out. Why is that? This is actually the second largest spot in the world for suicides. What's the first? Take a guess. It's in America. Take a guess. It's in America. Yosemite? No. Grand Canyon? Oh, God, no. I don't know. Niagara Falls. It's in California. Oh, 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 oh. The Golden Gate Bridge. There you go. Thanks for the hint. Aokiara Forest. I also heard it called uh, Aokiara instead of Aokiara. I don't know. I mean, close enough. You're doing your best. Yeah. Your life is a precious gift from your parents. Please think about your parents, siblings. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, is it a place where people go to do it and it's become the place to go because of so, or is it something about the forest itself that makes people do it there? We're going to talk about it. Your life. Life is a precious gift from your parents. Please think about your parents, siblings, and children. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk about your troubles. 
Unfortunately, this family that I talked about and the other ones I'm going to talk about today are just a small portion of the hundreds or more people that walk into the Iokiata Forest and never walk out each year. All right, so this isn't like a PSA episode where I'm like, oh, let's bring light to this. I just found it really interesting that this forest attracts so many people that want to do this, and I wanted to know why. Also, there's a lot of urban legends and ghost tales here because there's so many dead bodies. There's literally tens and thousands or more dead bodies in this forest. It's insane. Wasn't there a horror movie that we watched a couple years ago that was like the premise was it was this forest and... Yeah, it was called The Forest. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so the number of suicides in Japan have always been super high. Here's like a little diagram you can see. We're talking about up to 35,000 suicides a year in Japan. That's one of the highest countries that have it, but... It's because they work too much. Is that the reason? It's a big part of the reason. According to the National Police Agency, suicide statistics is mostly because of health issues. It's number one. Mm. And then family issues. And then economic issues. So the boom of this forest was between the 90s and 2000s. Ever since the 70s, the government started patrolling. They would patrol. Because look at at some of these photos here. You see shoes lined up from all different types of people. Mm. The police started controlling this area, sending bodies back to the family because that sent a message. Number Because this is an epidemic. Like people are going there in droves and killing themselves. Not only killing themselves, but also killing their families. Like no one knows if the family I talked about earlier, they don't know if the daughter knew or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She may not have even known. I don't know why she would have agreed to that, but they found her choked like that. They found that leather purse strap around her neck, which which means she didn't, in my mind, volunteer to die by hanging up a noose like most other people do. They hang a noose from a tree. The father killed her. So I I don't know. Mm. So the government started patrolling this because this is still an epidemic. They would find these bodies and they would only find a fraction of them each year, but they would send them back to the families because that also sends a message. Don't come here to die because if you do, people will know your most private moments. Everyone will know how you went out. Does that make sense? So when people go there, they try to get as far off the beaten path as they can. A lot of them don't bring IDs or anything because they don't want to bring shame to their family. Plus that, they don't want their bodies to be identified so the family doesn't have to pay for the internment. Nothing that the Japanese government has ever done has successfully slowed down the rate of people killing themselves in this forest. In fact, a special building had been constructed right at the entrance. So the police station, a special building just to house the hundreds of bodies found. The Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. It, Shram asks um, an interesting question. How does cultural teaching about religion and the afterlife affect the number of dead? Like, does it happen more often in cultures where death is less or or killing yourself is less taboo and feared? That's a really good question. Yeah. 
So in Japan, it's almost Japan is almost glorified. Suicide is almost glorified. Like kamikaze stuff. Kamikaze. So it's called seppuku. I probably pronounced that wrong, but it's the art of killing yourself. And it actually it's an art. It's an it's an honorable thing in in a lot of the Japanese culture. It's honorable to go out that way, which is to like choose your own path almost. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So you guys want to talk about this? I I found a lot of cool information on this. A lot of crazy shit, and I want to go into it. I know it's like different than yeah, what we yeah. usually do, but I thought this would be pretty cool. At the entrance that most people walk into, they see this. The first thing they see is this sign that says, do not enter. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the trail that people go down. Now, you could actually follow the trail. There is a trail that takes you all around the forest. And if you stay on that trail, you're, you'll be fine. However, it's when people veer off the trail. A lot of people don't go there to kill themselves. They go there to think or meditate or maybe they're thinking about doing it. But then they simply get lost because this forest is so hard to navigate. Ah, so it may not necessarily be that they were trying to, some people may not have been trying to commit an act. Yeah. They just couldn't make their way back. Yeah. So let's talk about this forest. I found a lot of crazy information about this. The Aoki Ohara Forest, Ao meaning blue or green, Ki meaning trees, and Hara when using the word Anabara means ocean. So the whole word technically means the sea of trees. Mm. And that's what it looks like when you look down from Mount Fuji. Now, the reason it looks like that and it's so serene and it looks like a sea of trees is because most of the trees have fallen down. They only last about 50 years before they fall down. And this is the reason why. Over a thousand years ago, this volcano, which Mount Fuji is actually a volcano, it erupted. It erupted from the sides of it, not from the top, but from the sides. And it basically covered the whole mountain with lava, with lava that hardened and and it's still there. It coats it. I mean, you look at this thing, you know, like look at all these trees growing. Like how are, how are they growing? Because under them is nothing but dried lava. Hmm. Isn't that soil though pretty rich in minerals after a period of time? No, yeah. It, it does have soil and dirt that is above the lava, the dried lava, but you can, roots can't get through that hard dried lava, but they can, the soil that sits on top of it is about two inches. So the roots, when a tree grows, the roots can't burrow into the ground like a normal tree. So what they do is the roots grow outward and they start entangling with each other, which makes the terrain hell to cross because you're literally stepping over roots and roots and roots. And a lot of these trees will fall over because they're not actually supported. They're not dug into the ground. The roots are just out in front of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The roots have nowhere to go, so they snake outward. Over the roots is covered with moss. In fact, trees can't get moisture because the roots aren't embedded in the ground. They're only getting moisture from the moss, which covers the entire forest. Mm. So that's how they're getting the nutrients. But they don't stay up very long because, like I said, they're not actually supported by anything. You know, the tr- the roots are just spread out all over the place. Okay. That makes the terrain extremely uneven, plus the slippery moss and the tangled roots. The, the whole landscape is hell to traverse, and that causes a lot of people to 
fallen cave systems and fallen pits and get stuck in between limbs. And a lot of people that may have been thinking about suicide, they get stuck and they're going to die anyway because they could not traverse it. So a lot of the people don't even go that far because walking only 10 meters feels like you've walked 100 because you got to step over all these branches and all this slippery moss and all these ups and downs and these pitfalls. This photo here, if you look at it, it's got to be blurred out because there's a dead body in it. But you can kind of see the terrain and how many pits there are in it. You know, how many... Uh, mm. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, that is a skeleton with some clothes over it. That's crazy. All right. So most people kill themselves in the Donchi. The word Donchi literally means the housing complex or an apartment building. That's what they use for that word. So when you go in the forest, not very far, there's this little space. So this is maybe two kilometers. And in that space is where everyone kills themselves. And they call it the Donchi, meaning the housing complex, because it's literally a comp housing complex for the dead bodies due to the sheer numbers. They call it that because it's so many dead bodies there found. Mm. In the 2000s, a guy named Hayano Asusa, he was on a Vice documentary about this. He's a ge geologist and a photographer, and he's dedicated his life to walking around, and he's saved over 100 people so far, just talking to them and eventually getting them to trust them and eventually saying, hey, you know, think about your family, your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that he made it his mission to do that. Wow. But in the 2000s, this guy found a white skull, and I think I can show this picture. It's just a skull, but I'm not saying this is the one because he. I don't think we have a picture of the actual one, but I just put that skull there. Wow. It's in the forest. He comes upon this white skull and he gets worried because there's no other bones around it like he's mm. used to finding. There's no remnants of an actual corpse. It's just this one white skull that has been there for who knows how long. He gets the police involved and they do an investigation and they can't find anything, but he's not satisfied. So he goes and he gets the tree dug up. And what he found, what he found was the tree tree actually grew on top of this person's body and like his rib cage was under the tree the tree roots wow because when the trees fall other trees get you know the seeds they plant they get grown up so this was a really old skull probably from the 30s or 40s yeah wow and a tree a seed had fallen on this dude's dead body and eventually a tree literally grew from his rib cage wow isn't that Nuts. Yeah. From Aoki Kahara, The Truth Behind Japan's Suicide Forest by Tara A. Devlin. The trees are literally clinging on for dear life, meaning that a great deal of them will fall over if you try to hang a rope around them or the branch will snap off straight. Chances are good that you'll injure yourself before you're able to go through with the act, leaving you to die slowly of injury, weakness, or starvation instead. A 46-year-old man named Taro was fired from his job at an iron manufacturing company. He was swimming in debt and eventually he became evicted from his apartment. He purchases a one-way ticket to Aokigahara and he walks into this suicide forest and he slashes his wrist. He lays down, puts his back against one of these trees. They're mostly pine trees. He lays down. He hears the serene 
nature, the birds chirping, and he slits his wrist. From a 2009 CNN report, he started to wander. He collapsed after days and lay in the bushes nearly dead from dehydration, starvation, and frostbite. He would lose his toes on his right foot from the frostbite, but he didn't lose his life because a hiker stumbled across his near nearly dead body and raised the alarm. This is just one of the, the many people who get rescued mm. from this forest. A lot of people go there and they, they realize, shit, like, I don't want to do this anymore, or they get found before they can go through it and they get rescued. Quote, my will to live disappeared, said Taro. I lost my identity, so I didn't want to live on this earth. That's why I went there. You need money to survive. If you have a girlfriend, you need money. If you want to get married, you need it for your life. Money is always necessary for your life. So he killed himself because he didn't have financial stability. Now, when the police get there and bandage his wrist, which he slashed and saved this man, he asked about the lady that was with him, the one that found him and saved him. Mm -hmm. He was comforted by this woman. This woman, she was wearing a, a red dress. This woman begged him, please don't go through with this because your family is going to be heartbroken. And then when he slashed his wrist, please hang in there. Mm. You know, just stay awake. The police are on the way. She comforts this man until law enforcement arrive. And then he asks, what happened to the lady? The lady in the red dress, is she okay? And they say, there is no woman in a red dress. Who are you talking about? And he says, no, I. there was a, a woman comforting me. Thinking back, Taro remembers this woman in a red dress that begged him not to die here, to be forever confined to the forest like she herself is. A lot of reports of people that make it out alive, that try to kill themselves and then don't succeed, see this woman wearing a red dress begging them not to kill themselves. Wow. And that has happened a lot in this forest. Obviously, that is an apparition, not a real woman wearing a red dress. Most likely, it was a, a real person who went in there and killed herself while while wearing that red dress. Does that make sense? That's what people think it is. It's like a little- A legend, urban legend yeah. around her. Yeah. Let me uh, check in on the chat here. All, Martin says, also known as Harakiri. Shram would love to actually go there. I think it would be kind of cool to, to see it in person. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. Um, Shram would also like to say PR intern is running late. Please excuse his absence. Thank you. I thought she was, I thought you were the PR. I thought y'all swap roles or or you're the PR intern now and and Brandon's the art director. But that's, he promote he gave himself a promotion. How do you go from PR to art? There are no rules here. I don't know. <laughs> and did you get proper training before you? Uh, All right, let's talk about, and I'm not going to pronounce this word, U-B-A-S-U-T-E. Let's talk about the Abbasut, which literally translates to, quote, abandoning of an old woman. Many people believe that the suicide forest is the birthplace for this practice. This is a real thing, and it dates back centuries. The Japanese, they would take their elders up this mountain and in this forest and leave them there to die. That's what the practice is called, abandoning of an old woman. You can see this is uh, one of the old uh, arts of a boy, a son carrying up his mother there. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Wow. That's a real thing that has most likely happened in this forest. Like, no one doubts that. In one story, the mother is carried up by her son, like in the photo you just saw, and she is actually aware of her son's intentions. She even leaves a trail of broken sticks behind them so he can find his way back. 
he carries her to what is known as the Yubasuti Cave, which translates to the old lady hole. It's a one meter by 10 meter deep covered in barbed wire. And that's where it's believed that the elderly have been disposed. Our human bones have positively been found down in this hole. And if you're paranormal inclined at night, a lot of people report when they go around this hole, they can actually see hands, these apparition hands trying to grab and grab them and pull them in. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy, right? This is one of the uh, minister of Japan, like a little PR piece they put out on abandoning your elders. Japan's finance minister tells elderly they should, quote, hurry up and die to help reduce country's rising welfare bill. Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Some propaganda there. If you ever visit the forest, you might see a lot of suicide notes that were left up. Now, a lot of people don't want people to identify them, so you won't see many names, but like this one right here, this one, there was a Vice documentary. This suicide note says, quote, I came here because nothing good ever happened in my life. Mm. You'll see a bunch of this tape everywhere. This is colored tape. It looks like banner tape. And what you do, if you're not sure if you want to fully go through it, fully kill yourself, you'll buy this banner tape. You'll tie it to a tree at the entrance and then you'll walk with it. So you'll, so if you change your mind, you'll be able to find your way back. However, in most cases, you can just follow this rope to the very end and that's where the corpse will be to the very end of the rope. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people bring a tent, so you'll find tents out there that have been abandoned. If they bring a tent along, they're not sure they're going to go through it or not. Remember Taro, I talked about, went in immediately slashed his wrist. Most people don't do that. They're still really scared of dying, so they'll go in struggling with the idea, not fully invested yet, so they'll bring a tent and camp out. Mm -hmm. And if they go through with it, the tent will stay there, obviously, and their body will be nearby. The geologist on the Vice documentary said, quote, if you follow the tape, you find something. Dead body or traces someone was there. You always find something. Here's another suicide note right here. Isn't that crazy? Just taped to the wall or taped to the tree. Can you uh, read what that one says? To whoever finds this, I'm terribly sorry. I do this of my own free will. I return my body to my maker. This is nobody's fault. I'm sorry for harming this tree. I hope that it will grow strong and healthy. Please turn me into food for it. That is the only thing I can do right now. If you wanted to die and you went into the forest, you would most likely attempt to hang yourself. The other one, which is less successful, is sleeping pills. So the reason that this forest is so well known for this, and and as I showed you earlier with that white skull mm-hmm. story, I mean, people have been doing this for centuries. Right. But there was a novel that came out in the 60s that the protagonist went to the this forest to die. And when you go into the forest, if you find a corpse, a lot of times you'll find this novel there with the corpse. Oh. According to a short story by one Japanese author, the cherry blossoms in the trees, you'll notice the ones with real deep red flowers. Those are the ones that have a corpse that are is buried underneath them. From Ayoshigara, the truth behind Japanese Japan's suicide forest by Tara A. Devlin. For many, the last convenience store on the way to Ayoshigara is the 7-Eleven on National Highway 139. This also means that it's the last convenience store for the many visitors to Ayoshigara who plan to never leave again. Plastic bags bearing the 7-Eleven logo are often found close to bodies discovered in this forest. 
Unlike the usual bright 7-Eleven colors you may be used to, this particular store sports a black logo. When you realize that many people buy their final meal from here, the darkness of the logo becomes even more somber. And what do people tend to buy from 7-Eleven as their final meal before entering Ayoshikara? Bags discovered near bodies have revealed stamina drinks, cigarettes, fried chicken, full bento meals, often uneaten and still in the wrapping. Isn't that crazy? That's... This is depressing. Yeah, that's fucking depressing. I think it's very interesting that the 7-Eleven, as we know, it's that bright colors. They use, they use a black, a black logo. one just here. A black logo. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I was talking about a novel. This novel from the 60s, the title was Nama no Tul. The story is of a beautiful young woman, a housewife who falls in love and has an affair with an, another man, a promising young prosecutor. The actual husband finds out of the affair and tries to blackmail the prosecutor, the young man, and his wife, which would ruin their lives forever. So they decide to run away, and they go into the Ayokahara forest to just to try to run away, not to do anything. They pass an old woman on the trail, and she says, quote, if you go down that path, you'll never return again. And I never read the novel, but apparently they see a woman running down past the old lady, and they ask her, you know, did you not see this woman running down? We need to find her. In 1974, a skeleton was actually found by that book. And after that, it became like an explosive epidemic. Everyone wants to go there now to kill themselves. From this crazy little document right here, this is called The Complete Manual of Suicide. Jesus. It's in uh, Japanese, but you'll also find that there. This was published in 1993. The Complete Manual of Suicide says the suicide forest is, quote, the perfect place to die. Isn't that nuts? A lot of people will, when they kill themselves, they'll actually place curses like around the area. But this is one of the cursed trees they have. Is that like a, a glove stuff with something? Yeah, it's like a glove. It's, it was like a little doll. Oh. According to the documentary's guide, quote, they nailed this character upside down as a symbol of contempt for society. No, it's more like a curse. The curse is nailed in. Apparently, it's not that uncommon for visitors to leave a curse on the world they're leaving behind. At night, a lot of people report hearing screams. Uh, one reporter and investigator who went and did a whole piece for the Japan Times said he walked into the forest. The sun started going down. It started becoming colder. And then he hears a, quote, blood-curdling and unnatural scream. This is thought to be the yorei, which is the Japanese ghost. From the Japan Times by reporter Rob Gilaholi, I am walking through the Aikahara Forest, the light rapidly fading on midwinter afternoon when I am stopped dead in my tracks by a blood-curdling scream. In the direction of that scream, he finds a pile of clothes, but he quickly finds more than that. Now, the scream wasn't coming from what he's going to find next, but it's just kind of interesting that he found this. In a small hollow just below a tree and curled up like a baby on a thick bed of dead leaves lies a man, his thinning gray hair matted across his balding cranium. His pasty upper torso is shirtless while his legs are covered only by black long johns with blue striped boxers sticking out above the waistband and a pair of woolly socks. You see it? It's kind of kind of crazy. That's the actual photo of the guy that he found. He's he's bent over, his shirt's off and he's dead. So I don't know. What do you think? It's crazy. That's what I found out about the forest. So what do you think at, at, like do you think it's 
I mean, people go there because there's a legend to do it. Like, I mean, I get that people can kind of get off tr- tr- off the trail and die inadvertently. The children never go there because the parents instruct their children from the time they're little never to go into the forest. Okay. So if you're going to go to the forest, you're either going to go there because you want to kill yourself or you're going there to just walk the trail, which a lot of people don't do because think about how many corpses died in there. And a lot of Japanese people are very superstitious when it comes to that. So if you pull up into the parking lot, you're most likely going to see an abandoned or more than one abandoned vehicles there. You know, now the other people that go in there are the people like I talked about earlier who dedicate their lives to actually going in there and helping help people. There is another group that goes in there for a different reason. They go in there for morbid curiosity. They're called the Aikahara maniacs or whatever. They go in there and they take pictures of the dead bodies, but they never report them, yada, yada. So the reason that a lot of people die in there is because they get lost. I mean, look at this, like like this photo here, you know? I mean, I'm assuming that's the trail too. Yeah, that's the trail. If you get off that trail, I mean, I mean, look at this landscape here. It's eerily beautiful. This is like what you're walking up. It's not even at all. And under all these broken branches and all this moss you see, there could be pitfalls. There could be cave systems. There's a lot of that stuff and there. And I didn't realize that the forest was right outside of like Mount Fuji. And that's how it, where it was yeah. location-wise. So a lot of people go to Mount Fuji just to go through the to the beautiful mountain. But here's the thing. You got to go through the suicide forest to even get get on the damn mountain. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people may go there. And and so the ghost of this forest, most of the ghost sightings seen in this forest try to convince people to to stay, you know, or, or to go down a certain path. So they'll go like, let's say to legend, if you let's say you just want to go and look at the beautiful mountain, you have no intention of killing, killing yourself. You'll walk into this forest and it's just eerily quiet and there's just broken trees everywhere. And it's just it's just got this weird feeling and you think you hear screaming sometimes. Eventually, you may start getting negative thoughts, you know, and eventually, if you believe in the superstition, one of the yure may convince you to, hey, come down this road. And even if you you're dead set on not killing yourself, shit, where am I? Because the lava has iron and magnesium or whatever metals in it, which does what? Messes a compass up. So you take out your compass, the needle's spinning. You don't mm. know which way north or south is. You you're lost. Com- you're completely lost. You, there's no civilization because there's not people walking like a normal trail because who wants to walk into a forest filled with dead bodies? Mm-hmm. So now it's like shit. You take out your cell phone. No cell phone reception here. It does not work. Cell phones do not work here at all. So that is another thing. So you have no compass. You have no cell phone. You have nobody near and you have no effing clue how to get out. That's why a lot of people bring that t- tape with them because they know this. Yeah. But if you don't bring that tape and even if you're going to visit Mount Fuji, you may get lost. You may fall into a, a pit, you know? They're all over the place and all the branches that have fallen because every 50 years these trees topple over because they're not supported by anything. Yeah. Their their roots are just kind of out there, you know? And the only nutrients they're getting is this moss water. But a lot of the urban stories from there and there's not actually a ton of them because like I said, like a lot of people don't go there because of that reason, you know, because you go there knowing that it's a it's a forest filled with dead bodies. 
Crazy, right? Wild. Or a lot of the skeletons that you may find there, if they haven't completely decomposed, may have been from the Second World War. A lot of the Japanese soldiers came back and walked into the forest and never walked out. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That happened a lot. Wow. So if you ever hear the suicide forest, now you kind of know. And there's probably some weird... Ayoshikara, right? There's probably some weird anomalies there too, because it is, like I said, magnetic. It messes with the compass because of all the metals in the lava. Yeah. And it, it's a forest force built on top of lava. It's just, it's, there's nothing like it in the world, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Wow. That's crazy. But if you go there, just don't get off the trail because that's, that's, that's what how, you. yeah. Even if you're going just as a tourist. Yeah. Cause yeah, if you're going just as a tourist and definitely don't go alone because yeah. when you go there, if you believe into the, uh, paranormal stuff. Yeah. If you it. believe in the paranormal, you may, I mean, cause you may hear ghosts calling you in. You may hear someone saying, help me, help me, I'm down this trail. And you walk down there and walk even further and then you get mixed up and then you pull out your phone and it doesn't work. Like all that stuff's real. Yeah. So kind of scary. Very scary. But. Well, thanks. Anyway, I hope you guys liked it. Yeah, that was, that was kinda... re- I've always been very curious about that. I feel like we've talked about, about it on a couple of episodes tangentially. Well, the reason that people go there, if you want to know the, the actual reason, a lot of people think it's because of the novel. The novel definitely didn't help. It uh, actually made it boom and then the search the the police were doing a search party for 30 years and they eventually stopped it because you know they would find a body it would make the news and then more people would know about it and more people would want to go type of thing so it was like a vicious cycle and there's also a theory that and I I didn't find any proof of this but seems like some people believe it that the Yakuza dump bodies there all the time I would make sense yeah yeah so anyway so uh see you tomorrow i guess yeah for another headlines hope you guys like that i know it's kind of weird but that's all i got thank you so much guys for being here see you later bye i kind of run this shit